Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Bloodland Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Maduro. He's Kevin Broom. We're going to be talking about the Wizards game. I know it's a preseason game, uh, but Kevin, I am fucking hyped right now, man. Uh, just yeah. that was awesome. I, I mean, I don't have a better word for it than I'm just like really enthused about Wizards basketball, and I'm going to milk that for as long as that feeling lasts this season. So we'll take it. Well, I mean, it's only the greatest performance in franchise history. So, you know, <laughs> I. I did see a couple of those tweets, um, and honestly, you, know, you got to say it's like top five all time, maybe uh, close. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of an unsolved guy, man. Like I don't think look, he ever did. I'm not Jordan gonna, I'm not, Yeah, no, I'm Ooh. not going to do that whole uh, crap on his. I enjoyed it. I mean, Jordan Poole hitting shots—that's fun. Uh, you know, m- making jokes about how he didn't swish one free throw—that was fun too. So you know, yeah, it was a What's up, Dama? How are you? Hold on. Give me one second. My audio is a little... Yeah, no worries. Yeah, hold up. All good. All good. So, uh, for everybody, while we're getting this ready, I'll get this out of the way. Uh, brought to you by Stateside Vodka and a Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Everything. They're all good. Can't go wrong. Also brought to you by BetOnline. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and BetOnline is your number one source for all your baseball wagering needs. Uh, up to the minutes, desk scores, news, matchup breakdowns, all that good stuff. Also, college football betting, you could do that stuff. You wanted to bet on the Wizards for the preseason, you could bet on Jordan Poole's over-unders. They're going to take the over for forever. That's worth it. Uh, we have everything you need to stay up to speed on the uh, all the baseball playoffs. So head to the website today. Use your, our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online where the game starts. Uh, Damo, we were just weighing in on Jordan Poole being a fucking supernova. What did you think about him? Then? Hey, man. Bring on the pool party, man. That's right. We're here. We're in it. This is this is what I'm expecting to see. I mean... I, every night, right? This exact performance every night? No, I mean, no, obviously not every night. But <laughs> every other night, I'll take. I'm, I'm not greedy. I'll take every other game. Look, I think 41 points in 27 minutes on a nightly basis yeah, is completely cool. reasonable. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. And I think he only did it on – it was 41 on 19 shots. Like, that's yeah. that's that's kind of crazy. Um, but he's so dynamic with the ball, which is why I want to see him have it as the lead guard, push the pace and just kind of dictate flow. Um, I, think it's, I think the Wizards are better off when he's doing that versus him kind of waiting on somebody else to get him the ball. Yeah, you could just like immediately let him get into just cooking people and that's what we're all here to see. Yep. Uh guys, I maybe I'm just irrationally excited about everything he did tonight, but I kind of thought he did other stuff, which I didn't know that we'd see at any point this season. Like I didn't find him to be a major problem defensively. He was actually like kind of good off ball and was helping people. Uh had five rebounds, two assists, two steals. So like He's never going to be locked down, but he was at least active, maybe more active than we've seen from a star shooting guard the last couple of years on that end. Just, just going to throw it out there. Yeah. I mean, Beal was certainly not the most dialed in uh, defensive player in the world. Um, interestingly, Jordan Poole, when I was looking at some of his numbers, the 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 defensive metrics are kind of all over the place on him. But mm-hmm. uh, Box Plus Minus had actually had said he was a more valuable defender than he was an offensive player in Golden State. So. That's interesting. Now, I don't think that Jordan Poole was like secretly a good defender or anything, but um, I will say that the, I, I, as you may know, tend to watch the uh, opposing team's broadcast as often as I can. And um, they were really complimentary. Wally Zerbiak was filling in for uh, Walt Frazier and Mm -hmm. uh, he was really complimentary of the Wizards defense and how connected they seemed to be much of the night. Um, and he said that in a very much in the contrast to how the Knicks were kind of um, scattered defensively. Uh, Thibodeau is probably going to go off on him because 
of the number of rotations they missed. It, it was just kind of a lazy defensive game for the Knicks. Right. I've not been shy about shitting on Wes Unsell Jr. when I don't think they're doing smart things. But in that Charlotte game, I, I noticed this a lot too. They're trying more stuff defensively, and they seem to be more active. Maybe it's an effort thing. Maybe they're just more engaged, and it was all stuff he was preaching last year. They got absolutely demolished on the boards and in the interior and things like that, too. But uh, I thought the, like, the overall defensive scheme seemed to be a little more um, creative than last year. I, maybe that's just because they don't have two drop coverage bigs so that there's there's more stuff they can do. I mean, last year they, they kind of had to do that for some stretches. But I don't know. I, I, I thought more than just the offense was interesting tonight at, at the very least. Yeah, the no drop bigs definitely helps. I think Bilal's activity in Memphis, yeah. he covered for covered for a lot of mistakes out there. Just with his, with, with his instincts, being able to read plays and just make breaks on the ball that you typically just don't see nineteen year olds make. Yeah, he, he, Kulabali's defensive awareness is excellent. Sam Basini did a really good video on that. And uh, it really echoing a lot of the things that, that it, we had talked about, um, you know, with, uh, with us, the other, the other, um, the last time we did one of these mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so that, that was really good. And uh, like you said, Jordan Poole did some good stuff. Tyus Jones was a little mixed, but um, you know, the, the, there, there was some good, that now I, we always, it's preseason and you have to sort of tap the brakes just a little because the Knicks weren't, they, they were, going hard and like a play here, a play there, but there were uh, plenty of times where they were taking some possessions off, you know, comparison to how they grind, typically grind in the regular season. That wasn't the grind it out, make you work next team that I'm accustomed to seeing. Yeah. I heard Raja Bell tell this story the other day on his podcast on one of the ringer shows about how, in a preseason game when he was in Philly, they played against the Bulls and he had like 25 points on Jordan and was like getting to the rim at ease with Jordan guarding him. And he was like telling all his friends like, yeah, I cooked MJ, like the league's not all that tough. And then they played them like the first week of the regular season and Jordan just like, he was like, I literally couldn't get the ball across half court against Jordan. Oh, like, wow. Once he tried for real. So he was like, NBA players, especially veterans, do not give a shit about NBA preseason games. Yeah. So please pump the brakes when you see like a rookie do something good. But um, basically, with all due respect to Raja, fuck that. We're going to be really hyped about Bilal. I think everything he did was awesome. <laughs> um, but can we talk about the real star of the game here for a minute? Uh, just Mike Muscala. I mean, just what was that? Where did that come from? Uh, uh, Prime Dirk, Prime Larry Bird, whoever uh, you want to use. Like he was just. It wasn't like fluky shit either. Like they were all rhythm jumpers. And then once the confidence got going, you saw him like try to get to the hoop. He attacked a closeout. Uh, he had a couple like pull up attempts. He even did like the one foot Dirk fade from the free throw line. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that I mean, move looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, like he studied some film this offseason on somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could shoot it. Let it fly. Once he hit the first two, I was like, man, keep giving it to him. Yeah, this is the thing with like with NBA players is these guys are all phenomenal basketball players, and you get them, you know, a few a few minutes here, a few minutes there, that sort of thing. I mean, when if they can get it going, they're, they're tough to stop. I mean, I this is just an example, pickup example. Back when I was in college, and this old guy comes into the gym, and I say old, he was probably like forty five, right? And I'm twenty something, and as soon as he walks in the gym, everybody starts calling him school, and. um he was a, he taught a class at the university and would come in and run with, and and he you know the first game he was just throwing up a brick here making a pass and then i was guarding him the second game and he he hit this like fadeaway shot and it's like you could just see like the confidence come into him yeah. and then he hits the next one and then he hits the next and then he's just hitting everything and he just came over at that point just destroyed me and it's like that that's the way NBA players are, it, it, you know, you get even the guys who quote unquote suck, guys who are at the end of the bench, they are phenomenal players and incredibly skilled. And so it's cool to see Muscala being able to show that. That's the Brian Scalabrini, right? Like I cook anybody in your rec center kind of. 
Yeah, I love that video of the kid talking trash and Scalabrini destroying him one on one, you know, after he's already out of the league and right. washed up. And then uh, Scalabrini taking his shoes too. So, you know, that's cool. Uh, I, before Wizards game one time, well, the like eight games he played or nine games, whatever it was, I saw Dwight Howard hit like 15 consecutive threes. Like, just like, and they were like not touching the net. Like, the net didn't move. He was drilling them so easily. So, yeah. That's not a guy that you think of as a shooter. So someone like Mascala, if you give him enough time, I think he's going to make you pay. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of to the point where like I would almost consider Mike Mascala wizard starting center. Is that totally crazy? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I promise I'm not <laughs> just trying to overreact to the shooting, but it, it's the theory, like it, the idea of the shooting at the very least, like giving him the other guys in the starting lineup some spacing if they're not going to be good defensively with Gafford out there anyway, and he kills yeah. you spacing wise, like right, right, right. get a shit ton of threes up. Like it's what they said about Corey. Like we want you to be a volume shooter. And we've already seen that like pool is going to draw enough attention to create some of these wide open looks for these guys. So I, I would at least maybe, maybe not starting, but closing at the very least. So you have to respect everybody on the court. Uh, I'd at least consider it. I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking of it. Because I don't like the idea of possibly a Gafford, Bilal, Denny trio on the oh, court man. at the same time. So, yeah, if you put Mascala there with Bilal and Denny, that, that kind of flows better um, versus a, a, a Kispert who might be, you know, he's a little smaller. Um, yeah, I mean, if you could shoot it like that, hey, man, I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I, All I, he has I, to do is go five for five every night, and then it totally works. <laughs> I, I think ultimately, you, you, I wouldn't go that in, unless Gafford is kind of you know demonstrates that he just isn't going to be the guy like he can't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I think I would I would go ahead and stick with Gafford. That's probably the smart move, but I just want to overreact. Okay, Kevin, don't be. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, it's fun to see him knock shots, knock shots down, and like I said, he can play. It's not like he's a bad player. It's just you know. It's more realistic to think that Gafford's going to be uh, Gafford's the guy. Yeah, he's going to be the guy. It makes the most sense. It, it's just the problem I think they're going to run into, and we've talked all talked about this in, in some form. Is just there's no like really like perfect like here's the no brainer five man group that makes the most sense. Like you either end up with a small backcourt if you start Tyus and Pool. You either end up with not enough spacing if you start Denny and Gafford, uh, and potentially Bilal. Like there's still spacing concern so i just don't really know like it's an imperfect roster we've talked about it these guys aren't all here long term so maybe it doesn't matter for this year but i don't know uh, i just i'm not really sure what to do and I, I just want them to try everything i would try every possible combo at this point i mean there's no reason not to this is very much should be an experimental kind of year for them and they ought to try a lot of different combinations and try guys in different roles let guys experiment a little bit, um, you know, certainly with, you know, we, we talked about Kulabali last time, but get him some, some on ball reps, but also let him try some other things too. You know, he doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be all one thing. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm really, I really want to see a pool below backward. I got, I, I, I want to see that. Um, I got, I, I haven't seen anything very impressive from Tyus that is <laughs> much different than what we saw from Monte. At this point, I know it's just preseason, but I'm seeing some of the same stuff, man. Just kind of designated passer, not really threatening the rim, not really looking at the rim. Um, I mean, he seemed to get more comfortable in the second half versus the second unit. But, I mean, against starters, he looks like just a guy. Um, And when you saw it when he was out of the game and Poole got to push the pace, even if it wasn't Poole making the pass himself for the assist, he was getting into the rim. That was swing, swing, shot. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tyus just kind of comes up the court and then just hands it off or passes it off. And it's like, he's not really an off-ball player shooter. So it's like, what are you what are you on the floor doing in the half-court setting? He hit one corner three tonight, and it looked really clean. And I was like, that, at least be the off-ball guy, be Bryn Forbes or whoever you need to be. Like, give some space to everybody else. but. Uh, I, I'm the floater. We need to bury the floater for a while while he works out some kinks there. There were some rough floaters. Tonight. 
Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the floater in general. And with Tyus, I mean, I've said this before, but I, I when I wrote my doppelganger story, five of Jones's top ten statistical comps were seasons from Monty Morris. I mean, he really is the the, the similarities. It was just freaky. And the more I kept looking, the more I kept finding finding similarities. I mean, they they assist turnover ratio about the same. Uh, they drove about the same. They used the ball. You know, you, they were used in pick and roll at about the same rate. Um, Monty was a little more efficient. I mean, basically, Monty shoots a little better. Uh, Tyus is a little bit better of a playmaker, but about the same size. Very similar style of game. They they get to the paint uh, um, into the paint about the same rate. They shoot about the same number of free throws. It's like very much the same kind of guy. And I guess the hope is that the Wizards are hoping for is that, you know, Jones getting into the starting lineup will, um, you know, become more of a, become a more dynamic player, but we'll see, you know, guys at this point, he's 27 probably kind of is what he is, Mm -hmm. which is what he's been, you know, and that's not bad. I mean, he's a good player. It's just not, I think, what I think fans were hoping for. A uh, couple comments in the chat about Tyus. It never makes no sense. Said curious if Tyus will look better in the regular season. He looks like he can't afford to go half speed. Yeah, it, his value is just let him be the guy to help push the ball at least. When they slow things down, not much dy- dynamism, I guess, in the half court from him. And then David Anthony said we need to trade Delon for a backup center because Ryan Rollins really is him. Uh, Donald, you and I had a lot of Ryan Rollins pre-draft stock here. Uh, Kevin, I can't remember where he was on the Oda. Where, where uh, did you guys? First, I think I think I okay. So that that's pretty reasonable too. Um, what did you guys think of his performance tonight? Because I, I was really impressed. I mean, the most impressive thing I saw was just his activity in the glass. Like he's just yeah. like he's a dog, man. Um, you know, I mean, we he came out with the reputation as like kind of a score combo mm-hmm. guard, um, but I I liked his activity on the glass. Like, you know, I like guards that go after chase rebounds. You know, kind of flex on you, put it. You know, get a get a tough, tough lay over the defense and kind of flex on you. Like I, that to me kind of shows that grit, that toughness. Some of it that you kind of lost losing, like Jordan Goodman, for instance. But um, yeah, I even watched the game of, of, of Rollins at where I just came away and just he just seemed out of place or or you know the game was just too much. For him. He looked solid. Man. Yeah, I mean, he looked pretty good. Um, certainly the shots went in, and he had that nice athletic dunk. Uh, so that, that was cool. You know, we'll see how, how, he can de- how he can develop into, you know, what kind of player he can develop into. But, it, I mean, certainly tonight was encouraging and made a good case that he should – he can maybe take one of those last spots of, on the roster. Um, you know, he probably is going to end up spending some time in the G League this year. But, um, you know, he, he looks like he could be an NBA player, you know. Um, tonight certainly looks, looks good. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he tried to use the wingspan defensively. Like, you see him, like, almost to the point of, like, slapping the floor a little bit. Like, he just looks long. And he's one of the few guys where you look at and you're like, holy shit. If anybody, uh, if you guys remember DeMarcus Nelson that played at Duke back in, the, like, the early oh, yeah. 2010s. He was yeah. six two and a half with a six ten wingspan. That was the first guy I saw where I looked at him and was like, holy shit, those are the longest arms I've ever seen. I think that about Rollins every time, too. Like, he he looks like he's got a wings wingspan, and uh, you can kind of see that a little bit tonight. So, to me, every time I see like a game this season where they're giving Landry Shamit like seventeen minutes, and Rollins is like getting another DNP, I'm gonna be just disappointed in that because like really, what's the point of the season if we're not gonna let guys like this try to get out there a little bit? Like he he should get more opportunities to do this. He may stink half the time, but like who cares this year? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I agree I, that in a lot of ways, um, and you know, I think that he should play. I, I really think that, especially with some of these older guys, some of the, the guys who've been around for a while, like Shamit, like uh, you know, Belon, I think a lot of those guys are going to get traded. And so, even if we don't see much Ryan Rollins early you know, through the first uh, few months yeah. of the season, I wouldn't be too surprised if they they make some deals before the trade deadline, and we end up seeing Rollins playing, you know, fifteen minutes a night or something. February, March, April. Mm. So you can see a situation where Rollins is maybe the backup point guard by 
February. Yeah, because I think one of the first guards off the bench. Yeah, I I could see that because I think, like I said, I think they're going to be trading Shamet, and I'm pretty sure they're going to trade right. And so at that point, you, you you need bodies, and they'll and depending on if if they get somebody back who's who's good, you know, that's a possibility. But I really think that um, you know Rollins could could end up getting a shot. He's got to stay you know stay motivated and keep working so that he's ready when when that happens, if that happens. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hershey said in the chat, how do you get minutes for Rollins and Davis assuming planet to develop these young players? I think it's going to be tough to, to Kevin's point to get both of them minutes, you know, at this point in the season with all these other guys. So you probably don't get both of the minutes now, unless it's in the, uh, in the G league. And hopefully that's something that changes over the course of the season. But I would imagine they're going to give Davis like real opportunities to, to be in the rotation once he's back. And healthy, uh, I don't know. As Oz pointed out, that was a like a really weird, dire tweet uh, about like <laughs> he'll be reevaluated in one to two weeks to see if he'll survive uh, this ankle sprain or whatever it is. I think it was his elbow. Elbow. Uh, uh, Merle, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say with uh, Davis, it's it's a shame that he that he's you know got hurt, but. Um, I, I because in part because I I just wanted to see if he could do more with on the offensive end, getting reps against you know some better players against maybe some starting units or some some like real you know NBA competition <laughs> versus you know glorified G leaguers that that kind of thing. But um, you know we'll 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 get that later, I guess. This dude can't catch a break though. I mean, between the hip stuff last year and the lower leg things, like getting hurt in the off season, getting hurt during the season again last year. And now like finally looks like maybe he had a little positive momentum, had a little confidence and now like another injury. I don't know. Just sometimes you just like need to catch a couple breaks and be lucky at the right time and stay healthy long enough to get into a rotation, get a rhythm. I don't know. Guy gets a little snake bitten so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be fine though. Especially, especially if he's going to play early, he's going to be, Probably the backup two guard. Like he's he's gonna play, so um, I think he'll be fine. What's the role for him, Damo? That you see, like what what is Johnny Davis in the NBA long term? I keep saying it. I mean, we we played against him tonight. It's Josh Hart to me. Like I I think that I think that's a really that's the ten year plus career for him. I think where he just like kind of play the two or the three defensive effort, you know. Play on the ball, occasionally play off the ball, knock down a shot here or there, maybe get you about 12, 14 points, uh, be active on the glass. I mean, I would take that here because um, you need those kind of players. Those kind of players help you advance in the playoff. Um, I think the Knicks got three of them between Grimes, Hart, and, and DiVincenzo. Uh, they're the same type of players to me. So if Johnny could be that type of guy, I mean, I would love that for the Wizards. And it makes sense since they like Davis so much pre-draft in New York too. Like he just fits that mold, I guess. Exactly. He's got to shoot. I mean, that's the thing. That's the like probably the one uh, biggest flaw in his game is he, if he can shoot. You know, it unlocks a lot. If he can't shoot, you know, that's because that's one of the things with Josh Hart. I mean, he was a reluctant shooter in uh, in Portland, but mm-hmm. um, when he when he for whatever reason, the Knicks were able to get him to just let it go, and uh, he shot well, and he, he his value went way up. And so, if if Davis can can just he got to just let it rip, really. Uh, I, I talked about this on an earlier pod, and I can't remember who it was with at this point. I don't know if it was with you, Kevin, or it was with Jihadi at the time, but. Uh, Dennis Gates, the Missouri coach, his big thing is literally just to tell guys to let it rip, like from wherever they touch it from, to the point of like penalizing them if they don't. And he came in, did that with those guys, and everyone on the team had like an immediate uptick in percentage because it was like if you do, if you catch it in rhythm, like in your shooting pocket, and you don't shoot it, like we will sit you down, no matter who it is and where it's from. You want that shit from Johnny Davis, like let it rip. I want to see Corey hoisted every time. I want to see Mascala hoisted every time. Uh, the 43s thing that they talked about on the broadcast tonight, Kevin, I don't know if you caught that. Um, 
Why? Yeah, I was watching the other team's broadcast. Yeah, they, they said that that's Wes Unseld's goal this year is to have them shoot 43s a game, which would be a top five pace in the league. They were definitely over 40 tonight. I mm-hmm. still think they would. I would take the under if I were a betting man for the season average of under 43s a night. But they're holding to that so far, and, and that's really, I think, what this team has to do to kind of be competitive. Um, Damo, I know you were leading the. Hey, we need to play fast. Uh, charge all off season too, but fast and a lot of threes. I think he tweeted out tonight, and uh, yes, agreed. And it seems like Wes knows that, whether or not he sticks to it. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they had uh, well, I think they had thirty two points off turnovers too. I just think that type of stuff, getting creating turnovers, getting out and running, and then shooting transition threes, that's going to keep you in a lot of games because that to me is the great equalizer. You may not have, obviously, we don't have a top 10 player or probably even a top 30 player. But <laughs> if you can if you can create turnovers, get out and run and, and make transition threes, you'll be in a lot of games. Yeah, um, I, so I, I'm fine with them trying to play fast. It's got to be got to be smart. Fast isn't necessarily the best the best thing. You got to be efficient with, with it. Now, where playing fast, I think, helps is that if you're getting into transition more often because you get tend to get better shots in transition. Mm-hmm. So get get it early, you know, get out there, run, get your shot, get get a layup or a three early. And then if you don't get it, run your offense, get a good shot uh, if you can. So playing fast, I think, is a good idea. But, you know, it, it, the, the emphasis is on efficiency. Yeah, there's – this team's not doing a ton from a playmaking perspective, I don't think, in the half court. That was probably the most common thing I saw tweeted out on Wizards Twitter tonight was uh, just like the half court offense was suspect at the, at the very least. So, where's Jordan Poole? <laughs> that was the half court offense. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Poole right, yeah. <laughs> and Mike Muscala catch and shoot threes is the <laughs> offense for this team for the next uh, 85 plus games. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Uh, Damo, to your point about just um, getting hands on balls and deflections and things like that, you have Bilal, you have DeLon Wright, Jordan Poole was active tonight, Kuzma's been a pretty good deflections guy for most of his career. I, I think Denny has the ability to do it. That's probably one thing I think someone like Gafford could do. He's he's live, uh, you know, for a big man. He's got quick enough hands. Like, I would just have them be like ultra aggressive and, and try to do this stuff, not like... Uh, Gafford chasing blocks on the three-point line, closing out on people like that. But like, yeah. you know, like get hands in passing lanes, be over aggressive. <laughs> this is almost the uh, the old Eddie Jordan, Gilbert Arenas, Larry Hughes team where they just like shot the gap on like every single pass at the expense of the rest of their defense. But if you're not going to be good defensively or principled or disciplined, like just be crazy aggressive and 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 kind of I don't know, take guys out of their rhythm uh, that way at least. So hold on, I, I need to look this up. So, oh yeah, about a, about the five thirty mark in the first half, first quarter. Excuse me, um, was one of my favorite plays because Koulibaly, I think he missed a missed a layup. It was mm-hmm. something happened, and he was sort of trailing the play, running back, and he was just kind of gliding on the way back. And his he was like his man was running ahead of him to the corner, and it's like he saw it. And just sort of picked up the speed like for two steps, and just as they threw the pass, and then just like that pterodactyl arm comes out. <laughs> it was an incredible steal because I'm watching him come up the floor. I'm like, you know, he needs to run a little faster if he's going to catch that yeah, guy. Yeah, get back. Yeah. And then suddenly he's stealing the ball because he's got this just crazy, crazy long arms. Reminds me of a guy I used to play pickup with. <laughs> Another story, but he's a little short guy. He's only about five seven. But he had probably like you know a six eight wingspan. <laughs> so you could, if you pass the ball near him, he would just steal it because he just had these crazy long arms. He's always like just reaching up, snagging the ball. And it you know, seems like that. so. Anyway, it was it reminded me of that kind of steal. It was a hell of a steal. And about it was about a minute before he came down. He did that crazy uh, euro step. That was mm-hmm. awesome in the first quarter, and he missed the shot. But that yeah. was a hell of a move. He was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, two for uh, what was this? Uh, two for five from the floor, something like that tonight. Uh, five, yeah, with, one for five. Uh, seven points, three rebounds, three steals, which is great. Uh, at the three ten mark in the first quarter, uh, he missed a wide open three, got his own rebound, 
looked at it for a half second and then kicked it to Gallo, who had a slightly worse three point attempt. And I was literally just screaming at my computer, shoot that, shoot that. Yeah, like, yeah. Same thing. And same. Missing the first one, it seemed like kind of maybe the confidence went away a little bit there. Uh, so I, that's something I hope they encourage him to. So film study tomorrow. I hope somebody is like beating him over the head to like just hoist that thing. Because I'd rather see him shoot it than Gallo shoot it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just uh, got the Wizards numbers in, by the way. And um, he, he ended up with a 158 PPA for the game. That's cool. So for anyone not familiar with PPA, give us a little tutorial. What what does that mean in context? Um, so is that uh, PPA is my overall uh, rating or production metric. And so it includes, it's based, it counts for uh, pace, it counts for position, role on the team, it accounts for uh, defense as well. And so, which is part of the reason why it's so high. And because uh, a guy goes one for five, typically they're going to have a below average. So in PPA, 100 is average, higher is better. Um, replacement level is about 45. And so 158 is a really good score. And it's really even more impressive because he did it with a one, uh, a one for five shooting night. So that's yeah. uh, pretty good. Um, he did make all his free throws, four free throws. So that's part of why it's, you know, four free throws and a, uh, and, and, and a three where, where his offense and no turnovers. And so, you know, and, and the three steals is, is big, especially because he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was, Running around like Gilbert Arenas, just trying to trying to catch Larry in, in steals. He was he was doing it by genuine ball hawking. Uh, Damo, I guess did you see anything from Denny tonight that leads you to believe there's been some off season improvement? Uh, that like, are we going to see a better Denny this year? Did, did anything show you um, some encouraging signs or anything that you like seeing? Um, I hope so, man. He he still looks like he's still kind of getting back into the swing of things with the injury, and that sucks for him because it's like I feel like this obviously is a big, big season for him in a contract year. Um, and it just seems like he can't seem to like be healthy for a full training camp. Um, but I I like the pull up that that midi pull up because I it seems like he really that ever was the one moment I think we can all cling to of like <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then like I think there was one time where he 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 went at I think it was his first shot attempt. He like went at Randall, did kind of like a step back, but then he didn't shoot it, and then he tried to do an up and under. Uh, I would have liked for him to just shoot the step back, mm-hmm. um, but just that he even tried something other than you know a catch and shoot three or like a floater, something that you know shows a little bit more of his in between game at six and nine. And then I liked his physicality with Randall, uh, you know, kind of banging with him because I think that's probably his best spot long-term is at the four. Um, so you're going to have to guard guys like that. And if you want to be a starter in this league, well, Julius Randle is going to be your assignment on some nights. And he's a physical guy. So, uh, But I, he's, he looks like he still needs some more time to kind of get back into the swing of the, the injury. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to point to the same that same shot. I mean, it's the only shot he made on the night, so maybe it stood out. But it was still good to see him like make a move, uh, pull up, shoot it. That's not something he really had in his in his repertoire uh, last season or even any of his first three seasons. I didn't love the three point shots. So, you know, he missed them. They they weren't close. Um, I did like his rebounding. He ended up with three assists. You know, he had a couple of uh, pretty nice passes. Only one turnover. So you know, that's uh, not bad. Um, just, I mean, to look kind of the same, but we'll see. You know, it's only 15 minutes, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think I think I agree with both of you kind of completely here. The three-point shooting was the one where I was hoping to see a little bit more. I don't really care that he missed him, but the form looks exactly the same yeah. from last yeah. season, at least on the standstill catch-and-shoot threes. He took one that was kind of short front rim, and it was just like – that's just the way he seemingly missed every shot for the last like three and a half years. So yeah, that was a little disappointing. You guys mentioned the defense. Like I, I would much rather see him guard the Julius Randles than the Jalen Brunson's. Like I think that suits him better to, mm-hmm. to be well positioned to cut yeah. off bigger guys like that. And Randall's going to like bulldoze pretty much anybody who guards him at least two or three times a game. So I, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Drew Gooden pointed out like two times where he should have probably taken a charge. And I think Drew was like a hundred percent right, but also that's also sort of tough. That's a big dude coming at you too. So 
I don't I don't kind of blame him in the preseason for not um, taking one for the team there. Yeah, I mean, first, I think taking charges, although that was kind of at times the only thing I could do when I played, but um, <laughs> taking charges is kind of it's a it's often just like a dangerous kind of chicken shit play. So I would rather just stand up and play defense, but also it's a preseason game and he's coming back from a back injury. And (laughs) I think it makes sense to make a business decision and say, I'm not going to get run over by a 250 pound truck. You're coming off a back injury. Uh, I'm going to sit that one out. (laughs) <laughs> and you feel 40 years old the next morning if you're Denny, if you take that one from me. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely gave an effort. Uh, Randall beat him, but, I mean, Randall is is a good player. I would have liked to see Michael Foster Jr. in a couple of those minutes tonight before the uh, stretch big version of Taj Gibson or even Xavier Cooks or any of these guys. I, I didn't even see Foster Jr. on the bench, so maybe he wasn't there or available. I don't know, but like, why not see if these guys can uh, get a couple minutes? Just from the other young guys, curious if anyone stood out to you or give you my take really quickly. I Butler didn't really do much, Jared Butler, but I still kind of liked what he did. He seemed perfectly solid and serviceable in his couple minutes. Didn't really see anything from Patrick Baldwin Jr. that I found particularly impressive. Like if you have two wide open threes with half the court wide open, uh, you, you should probably hit one of the two. Uh, but I don't know. It's still early, so I may make him read too much into that. Any thoughts? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Patrick Baldwin, I thought. Yeah, I was like, you got to hit one of those, man. Like it was. It was so wide open, but I mean, I understand, you know, you haven't played a whole game. You haven't played much preseason at all. So he's probably not in rhythm. Yeah, coming off injury. So he's probably not in rhythm either. Um, and I didn't really see much from any of the other other young guys that really grabbed my eye. Yeah, with Baldwin, I think if you're going to be a great shooter, I mean, if your your reputation is that you're supposed to be a great, great shooter, you should probably yeah, make shots at some point. Yeah, you probably should make shots. He did. I did like the block shot that he had. And, you know, I re- remember pre-draft, he measured at basically the average height of a center. And I still kind of think I, I would be willing to give him a shot there uh, as a small ball, small ball, you know, backup five. He's shorter, but he's he's really long-armed. And, you know, if he can actually make threes, you know, it's here's the thing. He's not exactly working on it forward. So I would, I would be willing to give him a shot there, you know, and then uh, Jared Butler. Uh, I, he, I love one move. He missed the shot. And, uh, but th- there were several possessions where he was just pounding the air out of the ball and, yeah. you know, run the offense. You've got to get things, initiate things, get it moving. He was also with Taj for one of those, and I, I think maybe even Taj and Gallo at one point. I don't know how you run any offense with the two slowest people in the league out there with you. Uh, well, that's you have them set screens and then just you know step back and shoot the three. Yeah, yeah just a double screen and shoot behind them. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. So, uh, Kevin, you mentioned the Patrick Baldwin Jr. at the five idea. I think. I kind of like that, to be honest with you. Like he's maybe more of a mismatch, and let him just run the floor really hard. He yeah. can put the ball on the deck a little bit. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast earlier today, where he talked about Steve Kerr told him directly the whole coaching staff was enamored with what Paulo Bancaro can do, even more than we saw in the games. But stuff they saw in practice every day of the idea of playing him at the five more is sort of his long term like unlock his super potential kind of move because he's big enough to bang with people. People aren't going to want to chase him at the five and he can do all these other things. He can play make at least theoretically can shoot. Could Patrick Baldwin Jr. Be your third string version of Paulo Bancaro in Washington. Uh, I don't know, but it's, it's intriguing that the league maybe has some other guys that they want to try, you know, to do that with. So, so maybe that's an experiment that's at least worth a few minutes and, if he ends up on the go-go this year, start him at five. Like, see if he can do any of it. Like, that's the time to to just experiment. I would give it a just give it a shot. What, I mean, what do you have to lose? It's not like like I said, it's not like he's working out big time at least so far at, at another at any you know another position. So, 
give it a shot and see uh, because the, the secret of like small ball is it's really skill ball and so if you can do it and still have size you know you, you can get there the big question i would have with him is one if he, is he going to make shots but then the other question is can he defend you know is he going to be able to do rim protection um he's he seemed like he would be mobile for a five and mm-hmm. so perhaps he you could do some switchable you know switching kinds of things if he would really commit and and I will say a lot of this is going to depend on, you know, how hard is he going to work at whatever role it is that's going to work out for him. And, um, you know, that's that's critical. So whether it's going to be a five or a forward, I think he's, he's going to have to put in a lot of work on his body and his game if he wants to be a successful NBA player. He's definitely got to get more physical. He's never been that type of physical player. Even yeah, which is another five. flaw in my um in my theory that maybe he would be best as a small five. So. Uh, Jihadi said this on the pod once, but he saw him a lot on the AAU circuit and said like the comp everybody had for him back then was Lamar Odom because he was like going coast to coast with stuff and you know uh, grab and go everything. Like maybe you could do that again with him at the five, and, and at least that's a mismatch for some people. Uh, David Anthony has a comment in the chat. I'd be interested in seeing lineups where Kuzma is playing center. I think that's like kind of the same principle. Uh, so I, I'm not mad at it too. Like, like we talked about, try literally every single possible combination this year and find out what works for you in years where you're actually relevant. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm up. I'm up for it. Kuzma's a big guy, and uh, I don't see why he couldn't, you know, play play there. Yeah, there's I mean, Robert Williams is small now. Robert Williams is also a freak athlete with like really long arms, but still, you know, there, there are small small guys who have been successful at center. So I can just preclude using Kuzma at that thought. Uh, Sam Hershey asked at this point, what justification would there be by West to start Denny over Cool Wally? I'm going to take that one for us guys. It's West and it's the Wizards. The end. That's pretty much all there is to it, uh, and it never makes no sense. Said. Do you guys make anything of the clip floating around about Denny being upset with Poole? I did not see this. I don't know if you guys know what he's talking about or not. I wouldn't read too much into that, though, personally, without having Yeah, what he's talking about is there's a clip where Poole is do- making moves on the on, on one side of the court, and Denny is wide open at three-point line, you know, holding his arms up like, hey, I'm here, I'm here, pass the ball, and Poole takes a shot, and Denny sort of throws his arms down in disgust. And um, so that that's what the, that's the clip that's circling. It's up on Twitter. You, you, you'll you see it if you look around for a few minutes. Oh, I hadn't seen and that one. That. Say again? Yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen that one. That's yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's it. I mean, person, I, that, that's bad. some bad body language. You don't want that. Um, He's been doing that since his rookie year, though. There was a play as a rookie where he did that to Bertans. Bertans shot a contested three with Denny wide open in the corner, and uh, he was like demonstrative, and like Bertans like bitched him out on the bench. So it's sort of not a new thing, I, I think. Denny's a fiery guy. I wouldn't take too much from it, but it's also not what you want to see from your longest tenured wizard because we're going to mention that this is going to be this year's triple double. Every single broadcast, they will mention at least twice that he's the longest tenured wizard. I would take the over on 175 times we hear that on broadcast this year. Yeah, I, I mean, Avdia doesn't he doesn't shoot well enough to be mad that nobody gives him the ball at three point. All right, that's what that's what I was going to say. I'm just like, <laughs> I think I'd rather have Jordan Poole shoot a contested three than Denny shoot a wide open. Um. So I, I just don't understand why that would be what he would do. But, you know, all these guys have egos of some sort. I mean, he wants to play. The positive part of it is he wants the ball. He wants to be able to show what he can do. Uh, maybe he's been shooting better in practice and that kind of stuff. And so he's thinking, give me the ball so I can show it in the game. That's fine. But you, you can't do that, <clears throat> you know, showing up your team in like that. You can't. It's just it's bad. You know, that's the kind of thing you got to address. Um Internally, not with that kind of body language. Yeah, I had a like a youth league coach that told another teammate of mine one time that there's a reason you're open. Like, uh, I, I just, <laughs> right. you, know, you have to kind of remember that sometimes. And also for your teammates, 
if they're not passing you the ball when you're that wide open, uh, you know, sometimes it's there on, you know, being a little too selfish, but a lot of times it's, it's because they don't have confidence or faith in, in you to make that shot either. And, and that also is telling that they're not seeing something from you in practice that leads them to believe that's knockdown. If Corey is wide open in the corner, he's probably going to get that pass. He's getting that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we beat this one up pretty good, fellas, for a preseason game. Any parting shots, thoughts, comments you want to get off your chest here before we get out of here? Take the over. Uh, yeah, I think that they, they probably, <laughs> I was yeah. betting I might take the under, so I don't know. I haven't finished I, the forecast, though. That's coming. I, I, I would I would hammer the over, too. I'll be honest with you. Like. I, <clears throat> Yes, they're going to trade a lot of guys off, but how many, like the year the Wizards snuck into the playoffs last, remember that like torrid stretch down the end of the season where just like all their teams were resting everyone? Like sometimes March basketball in the NBA is just really bad. And if you've got like a lot of young, fresh, hungry dudes, you can win a lot of games. So if they're committed to just playing like fast and even a bunch of threes up, I think there's a real chance that uh, they beat anybody you know, down the stretch when those teams are, are already kind of like checked out on playoff seeding and things like that. On the other hand, the, the, the Wizards don't want to win a lot of games. They want to, you know, that's true. Have a high draft yeah. pick. So that they may be the ones in March, you know, resting people with, uh, you know, a, a, a fractured hangnail or whatever. <laughs> Turf finger, um, whatever it is. Uh, any has any last comments or questions in the chat, throw them in here real quick. We're about to wrap this thing up. Uh, the Wizards' next game is Friday at 7.30 p.m. at Toronto. It always seems like the Wizards had the least amount of home preseason games of all time. I don't know if Ted like is leasing it out to the circus or something right now that we can't get in mean, our own building. Two. They had two, they right? Right, and I think that's – is that that might be it for the preseason. Yeah, but they only played four, so, I mean. Uh, oh, shit, I thought they had five. Sorry. Last year, I thought they only had one. Like it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm imagining things, but it, it always feels to me like they have less than the rest. So, uh, any thoughts or predictions or key things you guys are looking forward to seeing from them against Toronto um, in the last game? Uh, I just want to see more of Kulabali. Uh, I want to see him get a little more, uh, you know, offensive action. And you know, see what he see what he can do if they try to uh, you know give him the ball a little more often. Um, you know, this is another you know twelve point seven percent usage rate. You know, I understand Jordan Poole is cooking, but you know, and and he ended up with a forty seven percent usage rate. So, um, you know, uh, I I would like to see Kulabali have a chance to really grow into the kind of player that we we. we Wizards have to hope he can become. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what what this half-court offense looks against Toronto's length. Yeah. Um, and activity. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, the half-court offense today did not look good. It was just, you know, pool was hot. But, yeah, and then Muscala hit some threes. But outside of that, it wasn't. It wasn't really impressive half court execution, and Toronto is going to try to turn you over and get out and run. So I want to see how we deal with that. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing Bilal, like you know, like Bruno said, just on the ball, run some pick and roll with him. Um, you know, kind of see how he looks juxtaposed to the length that Toronto has. Um, yeah, I see him see with Freddie Barnes because I mean, it's like that—that's the uh, the Spider Man meme thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, except Pool Bali has a much better looking jump shot. So take that, Scotty. <laughs> In the chat, Mark Rebox said, I'm just happy we're looking to properly build and hopefully give the young guys a chance to develop. Uh, well said, Mark. I think every single person who is uh, following this or listening to this or is chiming in tonight is probably of the same opinion. So hopefully, like you guys said, uh, I don't think we need to see a ton of Jordan Poole in this last game. I don't know that we need to see a ton of Corey. Let Denny stretch his legs a little bit and then just ease these kind of young guys in there. I think if it, it's like if this was a meaningful regular season game, from what I understand, uh, Kuzma could have played tonight. So I'm glad that they were just like, hey, just not let's not push it and 
for all the like the veteran guys like we we don't need to see you so like let's let's see if Xavier Cooks can even do anything you know any of these other guys we haven't seen much from uh, the last preseason game should be about uh cool well guys thank you for doing this and, and making some time in your evening thanks to everybody who listened to this if you guys like this format let us know uh drop it in the chat or the comments if you hit that little like like thumbs up button that's always good for us too there's a little subscribe button somewhere on there too for the folks watching this on youtube so that's always appreciated alex said feedback is great if you want us to do this if there's a certain format or things you want us to cover and then last question i got for you guys i was gonna te- i teased this in the bolts forever right up for this i was gonna ask who would your player of the game be uh so this is a relatively easy one i would think so let's all take jordan Poole off the table who would your player of the game be after that? Uh, I'm going to go with Mike, man. I'm going to go with Mike Escala. That's a pretty good one. Uh, since you took him, I can't take him. So uh, let's see. Um, I will go with uh, – let me go ahead and go with Koulibaly. I love the three steals. That that one play was just amazing. Uh, uh the the steal I, I described earlier, and uh, he also had that just crazy slow down euro euro step that uh, he missed shot, but it was still a heck of a move. So I'll go with Kulabali. I'm not cheat a little bit, and for player of the game, I'm actually going to go coach of the game and say Landon Tatum. They let him talk at halftime, and I kind of liked what he was about. He's also their lead player development guy, and going to be the coach of the GoGo this year. So shout out to him. I think. Uh, if the Wizards are where we want them to be in the next couple of years, it's because Tatum and his team of guys have helped a, a lot with these guys' development and things like that. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys, for the time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this was a Believe in Wizards podcast. Great review, subscribe, all good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube